Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. You're listening to Mystic Lounge with Alan B. Smith. Rebroadcast on the Onyx Network, Thursdays at 11 p.m. Pacific, Fridays at 2 a.m. Eastern. Welcome, good souls, to Mystic Lounge. I'm Alan B. Smith. Join us as we cover a wide array of supernatural, metaphysical, health, wellness, and all things strange and mystical, as well as uh, history and culturally, and so much more. The show is is expanding. I'm really excited um, to have our guest on tonight, and uh, a teaser this Thursday night. Uh, Tyler Henry, the psychic medium. Um, most people know him as the Hollywood medium. He'll be on the show Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So hopefully you'll join us there. And uh, as a friendly reminder, please check out Alien Coffee Bean Coffee at aliencoffeebean.com if you are a lover like I am. Uh, we offer a 20% discount code for the alien bean coffee really awesome roasts um i get the whole bean i ground them here um we enjoy them fully and of course every week you know i have my alien bean coffee with me and so that discount code is mystery 20 mystery all caps to zero if you're a fan of mystic lounge and coffee and ufos please comment down below share your thoughts uh like and of course subscribe and click the notification bell all of those actions really help move the channel forward and and continue to grow um we are steadily growing but every little bit of extra support um, can go a long way all right our guest tonight is ruben fast horse born in 1971 on the standing rock sioux reservation is a traditional lakota singer dancer flutist drummer craftsman storyteller and educator uh, he has been certified by the Lakota and the North Dakota State Board of Education as an eminent scholar. Fast Horse, who has taught Lakota culture at Standing Rock Elementary Grant School in Fort Yates, Nevada, uh, North Dakota, tours the United States, performing and speaking at festivals, colleges, high schools, and elementary schools. In past years, he has performed with Kevin Locke, a Lakota flutist and hoop dancer, and Lunar Drive, a London-based band inspired by American Indian music and dance. In 2001, he was a Grammy nominee with the group Lakota Thunder for Best Native American Music Album of the Year. Uh, here's a quote from Ruben to get us started tonight. Like dreams, the songs, the costumes, the stories, and the form of the dance contained messages coming from deep within the unconscious mind dream state is the ecstasy of experience in this sense nightmares are the ecstasy of fear 
These are surreal, lucid, and mysterious episodes are played out in our minds and communicate a language of symbols that awaken us to the spiritual potentialities of our collective being. Our inspirations derive from myths and dreams where the divine mingles with humanity. The new mythology of our time is already here. The eye of reason, not of my economics. The eye of reason, not of my religion. The eye of reason, not of my linguistics. The eye of reason, not of my nationality. The eye of reason. When you see the world as a part of yourself, you will take care of it. When you see yourself as part of the world, you will be taken care of. When you see the earth from the moon, there are no lines of division or states or nations. We are the earth. We are the consciousness of the earth. These are the eyes of the earth, and this is the voice of the earth. Ruben, welcome to Mystic Lounge. How are you? Do, do, mataya. Daya, ya hippie, or mataku yapi, lechtetukile, lila washtelo, chichanta mawashte, nipijuza below. And what I just said was uh, in Lakota, um, I am well, things are good, uh, weather's great, and uh, very happy to be here with you, Alan. Um, yeah. It's been a long time coming, and I'm excited to jump right in uh, with both feet. Um, having said, shared with you, just said, with Kevin Locke, he just passed mm-hmm. on a month ago, a mentor and uncle. Uh, I'm sorry. And- master apprentice i was his apprentice and so traveling to five countries around the world with him as a cultural ambassador uh has fostered me and helped me in many many ways to speak publicly and uh to uh 2019 was deemed by the united nations in new york uh the year of indigenous languages and so i was asked four times to come and speak uh and it's 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 it was great. It was grand. It was also sad in the sense of um, I was the only American Indian uh, to to be the one to uh, represent Native American peoples. And uh, uh, since that time, I've been working at NYU for four years, mm-hmm. four years uh, teaching. And then when the COVID hit, the pandemic everything went to zoom. And so I've been doing this for three years. Uh, so you've, with- you've become a master of zoom. Presentation. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about zoom, but we'll see. I mean, it, but I enjoy this. I, I love sharing as much as I can with people. And, uh, that quote is, you know, in looking at the mythos of not just native America, but all people, Joseph Campbell in the power of myth. Uh, mm-hmm. I love his books is not a, healer, shaman, priest, psychic, or anything. He's just a teacher. Uh, He was a, God rest his soul, a uh, professor at the University of Minnesota, Minneapolis, uh, with mythology, I'm sorry, Massachusetts, uh, and uh, wrote several books. Uh, Long story short, he talked and shared by saying, mythology, all mythology, Brings our stories and legends and lore that bring our consciousness to a level that's spiritual. And I like that. That really makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. When you're reading Norse mythology, Lakota mythology, Japanese mythology, it's not to be taken literally, but to mm-hmm. take it metaphorically. And how we let that sink in and see how we 
react to that. Will we ask more questions? And so this, what you do, I, I applaud you of what you're doing as so many others like, and myself doing shows or, or classes is to expand, expand consciousness because when you expand consciousness, you can't unexpand it. You can't go back. It's there. It's like you being that little pebble mm-hmm. still pond that's thrown in and you see it go in and create these echoes, these waves, these ripples yes. and it keeps yes. going. You can't stop it. You can't stop. And that's kind of what you're doing with your, with your program and bringing so many uh, like-minded people mm-hmm. and creating that. Well, I, I appreciate that. And I'm so glad that you finally made it on. Um, can, can you tell everybody, are you doing well? Everything okay? Um, I know you had a, a, a loss uh, in the family. Um, so that I know that's not easy, but your, your head, your head is okay, right? Yes. My head is okay. In February this year, um, I, uh, it was a time when it's still cold here in, in New York. I'm in Warwick, New York, 50 miles North of New York city. Mm-hmm. And, um, the wood will expand in a house when it's warm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I was opening the bathroom door in the middle of the night and cracked my, my egg pretty good, knocked me out. And I laid there uh, God knows how long. I woke up and just made it back into bed and went to sleep. And I didn't know I had a seizure uh, caused by blood on the brain. Um, And uh, my girlfriend Susie woke me, called the EMTs. They came, checked me out. They thought I was okay. It was morning, so I I made a light breakfast. And then uh, I said, I think I want to lay down a little bit more. So I went to go lay down. And we watched TV for a while. I fell asleep. And I had another episode. And after that, they just took me straight in. And uh, the neurosurgeon knew what it was and cut me open 16 staples um, to relieve the pressure of the brain. Mm. Because when your brain is young, um, it fits pretty tight to the skull. Mm-hmm. The brain is, is pretty quiet. So my, my had a little gap of... Uh, of uh, blood and that will irritate the brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, afterwards after a series of CAT scans for and looking at it, yeah. I'm fine. I'm okay. Okay, good. So, so that's interesting. So as we get older, then that, our brain, yeah. our brain gets so that, smaller. So, we're, so you're more susceptible to a head, head injury of being, you know, more traumatic. Hmm. That's okay. So, I mean, that explains a lot um, about soccer players. And uh, football players. And, and football players. Yeah, yeah. They call it punch drunk or something. But mm-hmm. Right, right. Oh, it's... Um, it's it's so all... Wanna, Go ahead. I, I wanted to clarify um, for everybody listening, because, you know, you and I have discussed this before. Can you explain the, the name Lakota and yes. Sue and the origin of those two two names that we hear today. Yes. Um, and I'll jump more onto that, jump off the springboard off of that. But first, Lakota um, were the mother tongue of the Central Plains. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lakota, which are the largest body, populace-wise, of my tribes. And there's Dakota, thus North Dakota, South Dakota. Mm-hmm. 
And then there's Nakoda in Canada. Now we're all related linguistically. It's like a uh, it's like a New Yorker talking to a Texan, and they're talking to uh, 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 an Alabamian. We can all understand each other, but it's a little bit little bit different. So linguistically is the best way to know a tribe here. I'm going to go see my Lakota friend in South Dakota. His name's Ruben Fast Horse, or I'm going to go see the Indians in Arizona. Well, what Indians? There's Hopi, there's Apache, there's Dene, uh, Navajo. There's so many. So you have to, if you really want to get to know a native person, is to know by them by their tribe or linguistic stock. Mm-hmm. So when I say mother tongues, under the Lakota people, uh, the umbrella that we have houses the Ponca, the Osage, the Omaha, and the Crow. They'll never admit it. But anyway, long, long time enemies. Out in the in the Great Lakes area in Chicago, it's all uh, Algonquin, mm-hmm. uh, Odawa, Ottawa, Anishinaabe, Chippewa, uh, Bodawatomi, Potawatomi. Yeah. And they're all linguistically tied. Here in the East Coast, Onondaga, Cayuta, Sureka, Seneca, Mohawk, Oneida, the Six Nations, all are linguistically tied. Unfortunately, the UN has said that every two weeks, an indigenous language dies in the world. In the world. Trying to raise to save, and that's what I'm doing with mm-hmm. linguistics as much as possible, because when we look at those Iroquoian, Algonquin, and Siouan mm-hmm. peoples, there are so many other uh, tribes that are u- utilizing their language, just like in Europe, the Germanic languages, the Slavic language, the Romantic mm-hmm. languages, and underneath of all of those, there's several different French dialects, and sure, dialects. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. that. That's the best way to kind of understand that. So Sioux, when Europeans were coming and and manifest destiny was happening and defeating tribes. They uh, came across the Anishinaabe, which they call themselves, and we know them as the Chippewa or mm-hmm. Ojibwa. Um, so we just know them. And like us, people know us in the world as the Sioux. In Germany, they don't say Sioux. They say Sioux. Sioux. Okay. And- S-O-U-X. Uh, and many European... But we call ourselves Lakota, Dakota, and Nakota, which means friend or allies. That's so Sioux Sioux was was ascribed to you Sioux by was, by Westerners. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. by the Anishinaabe. Who? By the, the Anishinaabe. Oh, because it was an insult. Yes, it was yeah, derogatory. Yeah. Derogatory. Yeah. Oh, you're going to see our enemies. The Sioux. The mm-hmm. really uh, Sioux is a shortened term. The true word in Ojibwa is our uh, Anishinaabe Chippewa. Same people mm-hmm. is. Nedawasiux um, with an N, Nedawaksiux, which means little snakes. Mm-hmm. And we were little snakes. Um, we were formidable. We could fight. Uh, but we came, one of the scientific sources is we came from North Carolina and traveled our way up the East Coast and we kept getting defeated. The Iroquois defeated us. Mm-hmm. We went west and in the Great Lakes, and eventually over time, the Anishinaabe, the Ojibwa, they left their homeland to go west. Uh, they left Nova Scotia. Mm-hmm. And we're told 
by their lore and myth to go to the land where the uh, food grows on the water. That is wild rice. You need water. Wow. Okay. So they got, came there and with French guns, interesting, pushed us out onto the plains. And so once a sedentary tribe, we became, uh, uh, we became hunter gatherers. And eventually, when the horse came, we became great horse horsemen. Mm-hmm. So th- those terms, uh, the best ways to know the people by their linguistic stock. Uh, and uh, people say, what well, should we say, Native American or should we say American Indian? Mm-hmm. Say both. But again, like I say, go back to the linguistics. What's your, what's your language, Lakota? Oh, you mm-hmm. must be Lakota. Oh, okay. That is more of a connection, a hard connection uh, than trying to guess what they are. Sure. So well, native- well, well, to me, it doesn't make sense to say Indian because then not, it's like, okay, which Indian are we talking about, right? Sure. So, you're yeah. right there. I was just going to springboard off of that. Indian. Mm-hmm. Uh, American Indian is the ones that we wear feathers. Indian American have the dot. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's kind of, but Indian really doesn't, they use it too, but Indian in our terms is really, uh, Indian comes from the Latin root word, indios, and indios in Latin means in God, of God, or children of God. Mm. And that's not a bad term. So I tell that's not them, a bad term. Yeah. you can use American Indian for me, but you wouldn't call me an Indian American because I'm not from India. Native Americans, a word given to us by Congress in the last 70, 75 years. And Congress, mm-hmm. Athabasca, Aleut, Inuit, Yupik, uh, uh, Hawaiian, Samoan, you're Native mm-hmm. American. If you, uh, if you are an enrolled member of a tribe, you're Native American. If you have this much Indian blood in your little pinky or toe, you're Native American. <laughs> right, and right, right. you're born in the United States of America, you are Native American. So it's a diluted term that's kind of broad. And so the best thing, like I say, is you can get away with them or you can get away with American Indian because you don't know. Uh, but if you know them by their linguistic stock, that's 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 the best thing to do you'll make up okay so so if if you were to speak broadly or do do you want to just rule that out not speak broadly so it's focus on dine or lakota or or whatever or or can you can you speak in terms of the broad you know indigenous people who were here before westerners because it depends on the conversation right so like if you're saying westerners came here and did such and such to the well that's everybody that was here. It's not just one linguistic, you know, group. So, what's that term that you would use to say all the people that were here that got screwed by, by you know, colonists? I, I think a good word to utilize an American word is indigenous. Mm-hmm. The indigenous of North America is it, broad enough where it encompasses. Now, I can't speak for Navajo. I can't speak for Mohawks. I can't speak for Clinkets and Haida and Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the Poma or the Hoopa in California, I can speak from my perspective, but it's very similar. We are matrilineal. This is a, a world before the first American uh, European boot hit. Mm-hmm. It's all matrilineal. The women had say, the women had power, the women were in charge. And uh, it was the Europeans that ruined all that because the man didn't have to work. 
oh, he saved his life. He's expendable. The American Indian man, mm -hmm. he fought to protect his family and art, the culture, mm -hmm. and he hunted. But when he did those jobs, he'd go home to his two wives, maybe three, mm -hmm. uh, and his children, and he didn't do anything. But... <laughs> Wait, is that, is, that a, is that a positive or a negative? I'm confused. Positive. That's a positive. Because okay, okay, okay. the woman owned the home. She owned the teepee, the wigwam, the wicket, the longhouse. She owned it. It was hers. What about the decision making? Equally there. Um, mm -hmm. When men went to war, they would have a tribal council. And um, it's an interesting sim similarities. Lakota people have societies. Mm -hmm. You have to earn your way into a society of men like the Elks or the Moose, you know, whatever these mm -hmm. have now. They're kind of based on that. Uh, but uh, there are many places in, in the country that have a clan system. Clan. If you're a Raven clan, of the Raven clan, in the born in the month of the Raven, you're Raven clan. But you can't marry another Raven clan member. you got to marry a Wolf clan member or some other turtle turtle. Uh, Clan member, I see. Okay. same the Scots in in Europe in Ireland, um, they have a clan system. So mm -hmm. is that coincidental? I don't know. You know, it's <laughs> we. It, came, it is it is interesting because you were you were saying that there's elementals and other similarities, right, between like the Scots and and Lakota. Yes, very much so. And people don't know this, um, but during the potato famine uh, among the Irish. Uh, the Choctaw Nation of the Southeast area, the five civilized tribes are Cherokee, Choctaw, Chickasaw, Cree, and Seminole. They were the first to encounter blacks and have slaves, but they also married, let the Africans marry into their tribes. So there are many, many Africans. There are not American blacks are not totally black or African. They're Cherokee, Choctaw, Chickasaw, Cree, or Seminole of their family tree. They look at it. It's hard to prove it. Um, but uh, so, Wait, the so, so is there genetic testing to, to show that that uh, there's ancestry.com. They're not going to give you a specific, but they're going to mm -hmm. say you have some Native American blood. And I can tell you now, uh, six out of 10, six out of 10, I don't care if you're Asian, Latino, black, white, or other tribes, mm -hmm. six out of 10 Americans have Native American ancestry. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a, I have like a great 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 aunt or something like that, right? And so, I'm not totally um, full blood. I'm French yeah. Canadian and Ponca, another tribe of the Sioux. Mm -hmm. But uh, French Canadian, I wouldn't be here without my French and Canadian ancestry. Mm -hmm. so we all need each other yeah. to be a whole person. But I was going to say about the Choctaw. Going back to that, the Choctaw during that Irish potato famine, mm -hmm. they sent money. They pooled money and sent it to the Irish to help. And the Irish never forgot that. Mm. So when you go to Dublin to this day, you will see as tall as a man, six feet tall, all these uh, bronze feathers mm -hmm. in the ground. And they're all in a circle. Yeah. And they're illuminated with light. Well, you know. I... And it's to, to thank the Choctaw for, for doing that for them. Nobody helped them. We we did as native people. <laughs> native. <laughs> that, 
No, it's it's really beautiful. Um, and you know, I can't speak much on uh, indigenous Americans, but you know, we have some friends that live out in New Mexico on a, on a reservation, and you know, our first time there, you know, every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job; it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov/careers. It's it's you know in the kind of a very desert area, um, small town, and when we met and um, there was a there was a way of eating the, a feast after. Gosh, I forget what festival it was. Um, but you would go around the table, right? You sit around the table, you'd have your plate, you eat your food, then you'd only stay there for like, you know, a short amount of time. And then you'd get up and let the person, next person come. Right. And we would kind of do this rotation. Um, it was considered rude to just stay at the table too long and chat, uh, too much. But in the short amount of time that we got to spend there, like moving through the house and talking to different people, native Americans are so worldly and aware of, and this was our impression of not just the United States, but around the world, like geography, like knowledge of geography and other cultures around the world that I, I have to say the average American is not necessarily, uh, you know, schooled in. And I, and I think that's, that relates to what you were just saying there. There's a sort of like this sentimentality towards just compassion for other, for other people and other cultures. And, and I, I, I'm beginning to sense that more and more. And, um, you know, for, for you, you know, where does your, where does your heart lie in, in, in the changes that you want to make in the world? Yes. Um, it's uh, a lot of it is shame to be blunt. Shame is what kind of Americans feel. Um, uh, in that way, but I'm not here to be shameful or shame anybody. It's it's just to create an awareness uh, and to now m move forward as a pebble is thrown in and your consciousness is echoing, you know, spreading out. Mm -hmm. Now you can do something um, in that way. Go to a reservation, go to a powwow, check out a festival. Um, you know, uh, you friended me. Mm -hmm. Uh, so there's that all that aspect and element of uh, creating awareness. And by the, the fact that we're talking is already expanding consciousness and people are curious. They, they want to know their heritage. They would like to know how can I do things. And I brought some a few things um, with me here. And uh, here we go. Oh, good. All right. All right. I brought four medicines that I use, um, two female, two male. And the female medicine is, let's see, um, a little bit of sweet, sweet grass. It's very pungent, very sweet. And this is what we do. We do a virtual uh, <laughs> I can get get this to work. 
anyway, I don't have to burn it, but um, you smudge it. And so this sweet grass is female, female medicines, the bigger version that is uh, braided, grown in water. Mm -hmm. And then also we have uh, cedar. So cedar is female as well. And it is used uh, during thunderstorms. And so if you have cedar, utilize it, you burn it uh, with the sweet grass mm -hmm. and a little bit of cedar here. That's female. And it's used to calm the house. So when children are scared of the thunder and lightning or um, they want to calm the animals down, dogs, cats like, are afraid and you can burn cedar and it, it cleanses. It also appeals to the deities of the West, the thunder beings, the thunder bird mm -hmm. uh, in that way. Sweetgrass is used as a purification, a means of purifying things. If you have a ring or some item that you want to bless, you can use it. Now, the male medicine is uh, sage. And sage, you burn uh, to also purify things. Uh, if you have spirits, negative energy in the house, mm -hmm. you burn sage. Yeah, I, we, we do. We we. we it's we use it as just a sense of like you know whether it's uh just in our minds or not it feels like we're cleansing it just feels you know it's a psychological aspect of the placebo effect maybe but yeah yeah i, I definitely believe that um and I, I also want to get this in we have a comment from from benjamin uh he says i am from chicago but i'm mexican lol does chicago really mean smelly onions um, I, there's so many explanations for names that are so not true. So I'm, I, I am curious. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good question. I will yeah. come back to that. Okay. But I want to finish with the medicines. Oh, Say, sure, sure. Yeah. So burning these items help you psychologically to get mm -hmm. it prayer mode. Uh, why do Buddhists use uh, incense or Hindus? Same concept of seeing your visual prayers go up. Mm -hmm. it, your manifestation is there. It helps you psychologically and so tobacco is the fourth medicine which is male um and tobacco of course native people smoked it um and but it was too strong for the british they didn't they didn't like it it was too we, we use it as a tincture as a pulpice as tea tobacco but it's not the tobacco that you'd find in marlboro cigarettes or anything like that it's mm. it's more of a, a a local what we have back home is cha sha sha it's the filaments between uh, the bark mm -hmm. and the wood. It's the in-between that we'd scrape, and we use that in our – and it's non-carcinogenic. Um, it's not bad for you. It's just a means of symbolically using this pipe to pray, very much like a Japanese tea ceremony. The Japanese have a tea ceremony to bring male and male, female together, and uh, uh, it's not the drinking of the tea. That's not the ceremony. The ceremony sure. is the joining. And same thing with the pipe. Mm -hmm. uh, the bowl is the female, the universe, and the male that goes into is is where the two become one. And then mm -hmm. opportunity opens up. So these herbs help in that way. Uh, cleanse your house once a month. When never, Native people never had any 
indoor plumbing. So we, we smudged the bathroom. Mm -hmm. We also never had corners in our house. So we smudged the corners, all the corners in the house, in the home. Oh, okay. and, uh, it helps to, you know, just to kind of alleviate and cleanse and actually sage is used in Sundance and ceremony. Mm -hmm. Piercings are made in the men and their wounds are there and they break from the tree they will put sage on the wound. It's an antiseptic. It also is an antiseptic in cleaning the air when you burn it. Mm -hmm. Many, many medicinal things going on. So just is to it, let you know, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, is the, 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 the saging of the corners like a way of, of uh, releasing the flow of chi in a way, if I can equate those two different ideas? I, I would, would say that. Like the energy getting stuck there. I would say that, and I would say this, um, not just Lakota, but uh, other cultures uh, would smudge the, the Dene, who have Hogans, the Dene, what they call themselves, we call them Navajo. Mm -hmm. They always burn the uh, sage into the corners because that was a doorway for things to enter, mm -hmm. whether positive or negative energies. And they didn't want anything coming in if they're doing a ceremony. So it was kind of like a spiritual block mm -hmm. uh, to, to, because corners are are not something that we had or had. So it's, it's that kind of, again, psychological aspect. So going back to the Chicago, there are many, many words. Uh, uh, as Americans, we have an accent. And Canadians, we have an accent. I lived in Australia for 12 years, and they have the King's English New Zealanders, the Kiwis have the King's English mm -hmm. and the Brits as well. But none of those people of the Commonwealth even own their own language, English. Why? Because the people that have learned much, much more and have populated more are the Chinese. <laughs> the Chinese actually own the English language. They they use it. They, you know, more than what That's we... That's an interesting way to think of it, yeah. Yeah, so English, uh, our English is is uh, is it is uh, blended with the Native American mm -hmm. language. And I asked my audience, "How many of you speak Native American?" Nobody raises their hands. So I say, "You don't use words like uh, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Delaware, Michigan, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, Missouri, Wisconsin, Minnesota, North Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, Nevada, Alaska, Hawaii." 27 states, over half, have native native names. They try to make a New Zealand, I mean, a new Spain, a new England, a new Germany, um, new France. They run out of the words, so they begin taking ours. And in the process, they kind of bastardize it with English. So when we look at a word like uh, Minnesota, mm -hmm. not Minnesota, it's, it's my language, Lakota, which is Minishota. Mini is water. Shota is smoky when it evaporates. Over 15,000 lakes in Minnesota. Minneapolis. Mini is water in Lakota. Apolis is Greek for city, water city. And so all these terms. Wisconsin is Ojibwa or Anishinaabe. Uh, Wisconsin is not Wisconsin. It's Mish with an M as in Mary. Mishkonsing. Mishkonsing means the land of dark waters. And if you're not that part of the country, you'll see that the acid from the tamarack tree drains into the water system and turns it brown. So it looks deeper, oh, okay. a foot long, mm -hmm. or could be six feet deep. You can't tell. Mm 
the Ojibwe say the land of dark waters. And then uh, Milwaukee is Menominee Indian, Milwaukee, beautiful land by the lake. Eh, that's debatable. It's kind of industrial there. <laughs> uh, things, things have changed. Uh, things have yeah. changed. Well, well, Ruben, before we run out of time, let's um let's let's shift gears a little bit, uh, because you you uh you know have quite a bit of knowledge about you know what we would consider uh, maybe cryptids or supernatural um, yes. relating to in, indigenous uh, culture. Yes, uh, just to finish off what I just was saying, Chicago is a Miami, the tribe that lived there, not from Miami, Florida. Uh, they didn't say Chicago. They said Zagog, like a Z in zebra. Mm -hmm. Zagog, Zagago. Zagago, it actually means smelly place because that part of Chicago, the south southern part, it's also industrial now, was a swampland, yeah. wetland that had wild turnips and wild onions and things like that. And they said smelly place. So now it's coined the Windy City. But anyway... So, and, that, and that's for a whole nother reason, too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So talking about, um, you know, I mentioned the deity here. So the thing that we have uh, among Lakota people is, uh, let's see if I have it here. Oh, here we are. And I'm, I'm putting on, for anyone listening, I'm putting on screen. Um, so these images here that he put together. Um of uh show you a few symbols but if you look in the top left corner that's the mm -hmm. thunderbird and the color is, is black black is very sacred to lakota black uh it is the west so if you have uh, a medicine wheel so it's like uh like that on my finger mm -hmm. i'm not trying to there's the medicine wheel gotcha okay so north south east or west West is black, west is the thunder beings and thunderbird. The north is white, it's the buffalo nation. In the east, it's red. It is the uh, the elk, the elk nation. And in the south, it's yellow. Uh, the east is red, yellow is south, and yellow is the wamakhashka. Wamakhashka means uh, all living things, the winged, the swimming the crawling the plant nation uh the two-legged the four-legged all of us um so that's kind of the medicine wheel as i said before looking at the thunderbird right up there you know what thunderbird is here with the thunderstorm because when the clouds roll in his wings roll in moving it along mm -hmm. the thunderbird Thunder being opens his eyes, lightning strikes. When he opens his mouth, it's thunder. Thunder comes out, sure. shakes the house, scares kids. But it, it's it's, just, it's one of those intimidating but very sacred. And so we burn cedar as with the medicine in that thunderstorm to appease the thunderbird, to thank the thunderbird. Uh, in that way. And as Native Americans, when we're babies, we pierce our ears. And that was a mandatory thing right away. Why? Because you're creating unnatural holes. You already have ear holes and a mouth and other artifices, articles on you that have holes naturally and serve a purpose. But the earrings were to appease the thunder being. 
because it would not strike thunder on you. Now you got to think about it like this. If you live on the prairie, you can't hide mm -hmm. behind a building or a tree. Sure. You're out there in the open. So you're susceptible. And so if you pierce your through ceremony to the thunder beings and pierce your ears, make mm -hmm. natural un unnatural holes, they won't strike you. That's the belief. That's the belief. Okay. The thunder being is very sacred. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna jump around here. One that's that's it's in Lakota, but it says underneath multi tribes, uh, multi Native American tribes. Mm -hmm. um, the next entity there is uh, to the right side of the tree. Uh, it's it's a it's a woman's figure in black mm -hmm. and antlers. And, and it's, it says deer woman. The deer woman is another multifaceted, multi Native American um, entity, and she is. Uh, a symbol or a goddess of sex and fertility. Mm -hmm. She would lure men by uh, promiscuous men. She would lure them to, to even their deaths. Um, so she, that was what she wrote. So all these beings were not evil per se, but they were made. Um, uh, yes. Uh, UFOT. It's, it's something that I think women have a natural power. That's why Native American men, people had matrilineal societies, matriarchal, the women were in charge, and even our deities um, in many, many ways. Uh, so she is a symbol, like the Thunderbird. She can go on both sides of the fence. She can be mm -hmm. helpful. She can be destructive uh, in that way. And again, it's how you, how you all take it. And how how real is that um, to this day? Do people do people still believe, um, or or are these considered, you know, symbolic? Or um, for, for instance, the Skinwalker, right? There's, there are people that really believe the Skinwalker exists today and is still around. Is, is Dear Woman around? Um, I think. I must. I'm gonna. I must say yes. All these deities that we see here, mm -hmm. uh, like the Greeks, we had many gods. There was Zeus. There was uh, Aphrodite. There were, you know, they were all part of the culture. So we weren't a poly. We we were a polytheistic uh, people. Mm -hmm. Got it. Uh, as opposed to monotheistic, one god in that sense. So it opened up the wind, the air. So nature plays a role. And and these deities, the Thunderbird, it's like a man in his shape and form, but feathers. Um, we, it is they are us, and we are them, and that's the whole psychological aspect of not being afraid or detesting nature, but to join with it. And so the Deer Woman is that same entity too. That you know the people on my vision quest at twenty six years old, sitting on a hill with tobacco ties, mm -hmm. nude, with a buffalo robe, bowl of water and bowl of dried meat for temptation, but not eating, sitting, mm -hmm. sitting there, not sleeping. In doing that to take away things that you need, food, water, sleep, purposely mm -hmm. you're doing it to reach the other side. I want a, a vision. I want a, 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 I'm asking for a request okay. to, to understand. Sure, sure. And so these deities are there to to look at, and some are kind of demonic, like the the flying head. Uh, I, I forget the flying head is the Iroquois people, um, and there's other 
uh, uh, creatures like the uh, well, oh gosh, there's, there's some there's some familiar ones I see like the Wendigo, um, yeah. the uh, Pukwudgie, uh, yeah. very familiar. Uh, let's see, the is that Big Coke? It looks like a skeleton, Big Coke. Yeah, uh, uh, he's a skeletal uh, warrior, skeletal warrior. So interesting. So, that, that's that. new to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, earlier, I talked about with you um, way in the down in the corner on the right mm -hmm. corner, the very corner is the uh, Qualapuk of mm -hmm. the Inuits, the what we once formerly called the Eskimo. The Qualapuk uh, has a child, and it's a child eater. Uh, so that says to me, parents to be good to your children and tell them, put the fear of the Qualapuk in. For if you do wrong or, or did be dishonest, he'll come for you. So, or, or, or don't leave your child unattended. Yes. So that was kind of yeah. the, you know, if you want to say superstitions, go ahead, or you want to say old wives' tales. Mm -hmm. Yes. If you want to believe it like that, sure. But it served a purpose, it instructed you how sure. to behave. And right next to that is a little troll guy, and he is the Pukwudgie. Mm -hmm. I consider him a troll. Trolls are kind of dingy, dirty. They're under a bridge. They don't really mm -hmm. are friendly. They do their own thing. They're kind of greedy, and that's what that is. In the Delaware of this part of the world, and the Wapenig, Pocahontas' people, Wapenig, uh, uh, believed in that. As Lakota, if you look Next to the snake skeleton warrior, mm -hmm. to the left of that is Unkchechila. Unkchechila was the uh, is a demon, and he had the shape of a lizard or dragon, and his his face, as you can see, he's got the ram's head mm -hmm. with curled horns, but he's got a snake tongue, snake tongue, so meaning he could lie to you or help you. Snake tongue is is the what we call the white man. He's a he's got a snake tongue mm -hmm. because he's he's not speaking the truth. He's not telling me the truth. He's telling me what he wants. Um, and so, no, and, oh, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, in the Badlands of South Dakota, we have mm -hmm. uh, dinosaur fossils. The largest dinosaur we uncovered were mammoths in the Southern Black Hills, as well as in the Badlands, the largest. Finding was Sue. Sue is a Tyrannosaurus Rex that they have have up now, and and we call them Unkchechila. These are demons of the ancient world. We call them dinosaurs. But if you saw that on the prairie and you never had that kind of known artifact, and you'd say, "What could this be?" It's it's a demon of the ancient world. Yeah, just like the Balrog in the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> What is it? It's beyond oh. any of you. This foe is beyond any of you. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah, don't don't just don't get me talking about the War of the Rings. <laughs> oh my gosh. Have you seen it on, on uh Amazon? The uh no. War of the Rings series? No. Okay, don't. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you I'm for sorry. that. Sorry, it was it was it oh yeah. Okay, oh, and I'm gonna move yeah, on I'm because I, I could go on for hours about it. <laughs> But <laughs> what I'm saying that you know, with the Chechila being a dinosaur type mm -hmm. creature, um, if you look up to the Thunderbird straight up and then go down to the right by indigenous creature sign, mm -hmm. I call that 
what those what the Iroquois called uh, when there there were um, okay uh, oh okay it's the Gassendiatha Gassendiatha is Seneca or near Buffalo the Tanawanda they call themselves Tanawanda but we know them as a Seneca nation and it's it's like well what I see what they probably discovered. As we discovered the Tyrannosaurus Rex, um, they discovered the Plethorius, the, the seafaring that could be the Loch Ness monster. Mm -hmm. It's got a snake head, as you can see, but it, it doesn't have arms. It has flippers, so it's in the water all the time. That, 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 that's fascinating. That that similarity, and and again, that connection between uh, Scotland, mm. right? That, that that's crazy. Do you think? Do you think there's some lineage there that we're unaware of? I'm not going to say yes, and I'm not going to say no, but I'll say mm -hmm. what uh, uh, Joseph Campbell talked about, how we all began as one race, whether it was black or Asian, and these are the old cultures, Hindu, doesn't matter. Uh, um, we are all men. We are all women, the two sexes. Um, but it's not just our physical physicality that, that mm -hmm. similar. Oh, you're a male because you got a penis. And you're you got breasts. You're you're a female, mm -hmm. um, so, so there's that. So you're referring to something like the two spirit. Uh, two spirit, two spirit are are what we call the gay gay people. Um, mm -hmm. Actually, in reality, that we had Native Americans had five sex sexes. Mm -hmm. uh, we had straight male, straight female, gay male, gay female, and transgender, mm -hmm. transgender. And we didn't have any qualms about oh it's a gay couple here, so what? They're in love. It's 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 they serve yeah. a purpose. And well, the gay people were used for fertility names. So hmm. uh, if you and your wife, you have a wife, girlfriend, have a child, and you come see me and say mm -hmm. we want this child to have a name, I'd look at the child, watch the child, and think of a name that would be fit it. And uh, it'd be a sexual name, more or less a fertility name. And that was the role of the wink day, the gay man, gay man and possibly mm -hmm. the gay female. That I don't know. But yeah, Well, I, so, I know that in, in the Dine, they had a, a ritual. Um, well, they have had stories about, about two-spirit people. Um, but there were some Plains Indians, I'm not sure which, where there was a ritual where they would put a child, I think, in a circle, like a fire, and there would be some items and the first thing that they grabbed and then ran out with would indicate their role in the future or something along those lines. Is that, mm -hmm. does that ring true to you? I, you know, that does sound familiar. Um, mm -hmm. It's really all about choice. However, this ritual may be done, but it's really about the ch child's choice. Uh, and so if, if, you know, at by pubes pub puberty, he could go the woman's way or he could choose to go the male way. And even in our language, uh, when I learned Lakota, the mother matriarch, matrilineal uh, culture that we do have as native, all Native Americans, um, the woman is the first teacher. And so we learn to speak Lakota, even though we're boys, like women. And well, then we... Keep going on that way at 11 years old, 12 years old, or we can go the male's way and then we learn the uncle's language, grandfather's language. 
Uh, that, that's interesting. Um, that, yeah. So language is kind of like a pathway, and you can choose. It's, it's uh, the key that opens the door to the culture and and the real people and who they are. I, love that. I tell my students, you gotta in order to think when you come to class, don't mm -hmm. think about what you're gonna eat tomorrow. You got gas in your car. You, don't think American. Think Lakota. Mm -hmm. Think Lakota, so that you can speak Lakota. And that's exactly what you're doing by showing these indigenous creatures. Now we're getting another insight of of there were not just Lucifer and his horde of angels that were turned to demons and devils. There is no concept of hell in Lakota culture. Most Native American cultures, there's no concept of a devil. There's a trickster. And now many of these deities that you see up on the, on the panel here um, are tricksters unto themselves, meaning they, they get tricked by their own tricks and they learn a lesson. Well, and, you know what? There's something I, I want to throw this at you. Sure. Often, because we hear about this in mythology world, worldwide, the, the trickster, you know, character or motif. Um, in my experiences in the past uh, on psychedelics, there, there was oftentimes I got this sense of a presence, of like a, a trickster kind of presence, like Loki. Like, and it makes you kind of look at reality and sort of laugh at reality itself it has that yeah. kind of a, that kind of effect that's, yeah you're right there that's the psychological path that uh, uh joseph campbell talks about and mm -hmm. kind of going back here a little bit of of uh not just two spirit but before that um the the male and female way um we're half male you and i and we're half female why because Mom and dad made us. And so good point. We, <laughs> well, we don't think of it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but so these deities um, are tricksters unto themselves. They trick us. Uh, they take forms that that would seem unnatural. The dead soldier walking, a uh, ram's head on the snake, snake, a troll, um, and all these different things. They're all uh, uh, they're all descriptive of what you see like the like the windigo is ojibwa and it's got a it's got wolf's hips and and feet mm -hmm. it's got a human torso with long aided arms it's got a wolf's head with wolf's teeth but it has antlers so the they believe um some believe that i've come across when i lived in ojibwe country in, in wisconsin they said, never say that word. You you don't say that. That's just a no-no. It's a taboo. Um, and it because it's a cannibal. It's a cannibal. It will eat men. And like Bigfoot or elementals, they believe it's a spirit. It's not. It'll take the physical form, as I talked about the elementals and the leprechauns and, and those kind of things, uh, to make us see. Uh, see, well, want to be seen. That's why there's no real pictures of Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. Yet there's stories on reservations of, of him crying or she crying, and all the reservation dogs are strays. It would bark and howl and howl, but when the Bigfoot would scream again, mm -hmm. all the dogs would whimper. And so right, but, here, but that's that's the thing with with Bigfoot is that. Um, not only is it a creature that is in the pantheon of indigenous creatures, right, in in America, but it, it it still occurs today 
Um, I know that there are indigenous Americans that report it. There are um, Native Americans, meaning every everybody all over the place that are you know live here. The right? Yeti in the Himalayas. The, yeah, I mean, there's so many reports that it, I don't know. It's really hard for me to believe that this is some kind of I don't I don't know. You know, arch, arch, archetypal you know symbol. Um, there seems to be something very you know, in between consciousness and reality, but something physical there too that people are seeing and have been seeing for a long time. And, you know, to me, when I think of that, that way, I think of what well, we have shape shifters. You've heard of shape shifters. That's mm -hmm. Lakota, the de the mule deer. And it's a mule deer because it's, it's got big ears, mm -hmm. but a small tail that's a black. So it's called the black-tailed deer. And here in New York, it's the white-tailed deer with the big flap. When it's you, you see a deer, it flaps to warn, and they're smaller. But the mule deer is, is seen to be a shape-shifter mm -hmm. where people have picked up an old couple walking towards twilight, and they're kind of dressed old, and why are they walking? So they give them a ride, and they don't say much, and they only speak Lakota. And so then they say, oh, oh why not let you gleep? We're gonna we're gonna get off here, and it's it's the middle of nowhere. Uh, I can take you where you need to go, and they'll say, "Yeah, don't question it. It's all right. It's okay. We like to walk." And they would get out of the car, and then as the guy's pulling away, he looks in the rearview mirror, and he sees two deer jumping over the fence and running into the field. Oh. And that's yeah, that's it's like. You talked about an archetype, and that's what I want mm -hmm. to say is that we have all these stories, these mm -hmm. creatures, uh, um, legends, lore, and myth that bring our consciousness to a level that's spiritual, but it all started from one uh, uh, race of people. Yeah, yeah. So there are so many commonalities, I want to say, of the original archetype. But yeah, we're males and we're females, but we also think very similar in many ways. And what I'm saying is that uh, it's the uh, it's uh, the archetype is uh, you know so I'll give you an example. Uh, Joseph Campbell talked about the marriage between uh, the king of the sky and the queen of the earth. Mm -hmm. The king of the sky is the eagle. The queen of the earth is um, the snake, the serpent. Mm -hmm. It could be both. She could be the king or queen of the sky he could be the king of the earth but they 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 come together as one and you you form the union of that coming together produces a dragon a dragon now there are two dragons in the world there's the western dragon which is like in smog and lord of the rings it hoards virgins and gold it has no mm -hmm. use but it wants it and <laughs> destructive and then you have the Asian dragon, very yeah. beautiful, bountiful, mm -hmm. giving, caring, kind, helping. And and that's kind of how did we come to be that? Asia is here and then mm -hmm. over here and they still have that. And that's what I'm talking about, that there's a common ground. There's someplace in our DNA and our past mm -hmm. that this is not all just mishapped or made up or they what? never met each other you know yeah yeah it sounds to me like what you're saying is that uh different dragons but same 
different sides of the same coin. Yes. So, <laughs> one, one represents like the, the earth and nurturing and, and compassion. The other one represents the ego. Um, it's the duplicity of the good and the evil. Yeah. 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 And interesting how uh, geographically it kind of, you know, separated that way too. That, that's, that's very interesting. I have a question from UFOT. Uh, Ruben, out of all of these indigenous creatures, who would you least want to meet in the flesh? Least? Um, yes. Uh, having lived in the woods and being in the woods, the Wendigo, I wouldn't care to meet. <laughs> uh, much larger, cannibalistic. Um, but uh, that one seems more very powerful among the Ojibwa people. They, they were very adamant in saying, we never talk about you. You never say that. We, I, we know you're you're Lakota, but we don't do that, and yeah. so no. And they would get very defensive, and and back away. And I thought, wow, that's really there are you know things in this world. I, I've done to ceremonies, my ceremonies, and a few others where uh, I grew up Catholic. I almost became a priest, a Jesuit. Mm -hmm. uh, long story short, I got to be going the ceremony to help this medicine man of my tribe. How he knew I was Lakota and knew I could speak, I didn't. He just picked me out a group of Indians. Koshka, let's your hero. He looked at me and said, "Nephew, come here." Mm -hmm. And he proceeded to show the men that what they're going to do. I was a dummy to the ceremony, and what he did was be covered up and wrapped up with a blanket and rope, and then they turn the lights off and they sing. He's a Uipi man mm -hmm. uh, to tie him up. That's what Uipi means. And then he's able to make a spiritual connection to the other world and ask the spirits who only speak in, in Lakota to him. But he, uh, I could not explain because at the end, we all stood up in the dark. You can't see your hand in front of your face that dark. And we stood in a circle. And when he was out, a rattle A rattle came to a light. It, it was rattling, but you could see light in it dissipating. Mm -hmm. And it went to everybody and went around them and went to the next person and next all the way around to, to, to complete the circle. Yeah. And skeptical me, I was standing among three people and the rattle was coming and went around. And I thought then and there, I'm going to take a step back <laughs> to see if this really is what I think it is. And I thought it would just go to the next person if it was a person doing this mm -hmm. and on to the next one. No, it didn't. So I, I, you know, I was standing there and even though I was stepped back, it went around my head. Then it hit me mm -hmm. right hard in the head. <laughs> You, you felt a physical impact. I felt the, the, the rattle come, the light I could see, and it slapped me in the head. That's crazy. And I thought, yeah. okay, there yeah. are things in this world I don't need to know. They just are. And so let it be. Just let it be be itself. You don't need to know every bloody thing that's going on and, mm -hmm. and debunk it. There's just some mysteries that I love to be mysteries for the super psyche, the human psyche to. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the theme of this, this program is, you know, live in the mystery, which is to say, you know, we'll try to find out, you know, what we can, but 
we have to embrace the mystery because that's what makes like things so much so special when you go into the woods and it's a full moon at night and you know or you're sitting out in your deck and you don't understand you can't see in everything into the darkness that sense of of the the mystical life like that that is something that feeds our soul and tyler henry who um is on the next episode he was kind of talking about that too like we need more our society needs more of that that mystical uh sensation and i think that's something that i think personally i might be wrong but i think social media mm. kind of sucks that out um, even though people, a lot of people seek it in social media, it's not the same as staying at home, lighting a candle, meditating, spending some time in nature. You know, you can't, the, the, the social media is a simulacra of the mystical um, in most cases, not all, but in most cases. And so I think that there's a lacking there that society really needs. I'm going to, I'm going to prescribe something to jump on that, to pres prescribe some homework for everybody. Mm -hmm. When I pray, I'm always barefoot because most cultures do that. Japanese culture, Lakota culture. And the reason being is when you're barefoot, try to lie. Try to lie. You can't do it or it's very hard. You feel guilty. And so when people come into a Japanese culture, they say, remove your, move your socks and shoes. Mm -hmm. and, and they're just finding that common ground. And in Lakota, we have a saying that says, when you walk into another's country, remove your socks and shoes because the land you walk on is holy and God, the goddess, was already there before you. <laughs> and I just think of that and like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's the mystery. That's um, beautiful. I love it. The yeah. other thing I want to prescribe for everybody is tomorrow is full moon. And if you have jewelry silver uh i always put it into this the moonlight mm -hmm. and let it charge and that's again another psychological aspect of of wearing something that is empowered or smudging in the morning or at night just okay. to yeah. get connected get rooted again being barefoot in the grass or the sand or the water mm -hmm. feeling nature and i think you can do that or you can Try to find an Indian or a reservation or make a way. But really, it's you that has to do it. It's your power. It's your connection. It's how you make your ceremony for mm -hmm. yourself that works. And that's what being a medicine man is. That's what being a holy person is. They're following. They're their own shepherd. They're their own shaman. They're their own prophet. They're psychic. They're healer. Mm -hmm. That's what we forget. And that's what I love about what you're doing, Alan, because you're empowering people by saying, hey, yeah, you can follow a priest and uh, have a shepherd and your sheep. But what about making your own ceremony, making your own ritual? Yeah, like yeah. the Americans or the Japanese or the Norse or anybody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Maria Wilson says, love being barefoot in the grass. Uh, <laughs> she said it's not just a Kentucky thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not very human. Yeah, yeah. and you know, uh, how do you feel about pointing your feet up to the stars have i think you done, have you ever done that just to hang okay. out and do that okay yeah it's i was really, i was in a musical years ago years ago um a little like uh you know very small musical and that was like the whole theme like the crazy guy like he had this habit of like you know lying on his back and you know at night and feet up the stars but he ended up being like the wisest of all the people in this you know <laughs> creative characters yeah 
You know, and you know, people, the native people have often thought, mm-hmm. stereotypically, a crazy man was actually a, a healer. The crazy guy in the group was because he was he was undaunted. He was he was fearless to do something, um, and I think that's kind of the mentality in that. I want to, you know, we'll come to a close when you're ready. But I want to sing a song, and it's a special song. Wait, before you sing that, Ruben. Sure. Um, I just want to ask you one question because it kept sure. popping into my brain as we were having a conversation. Uh, you, were, you were referring so much to uh, indigenous Americans having matriarchal society or equal, you know, however you want to you phrase that. Are we misguided by the representation of what we see in Hollywood and in, in books? Because it always appears that it's the males that make all the important decisions in within each each tribe. I think um, it it is it is stereotypical. It's it's not correct because it's a it's a partnership, it's a dualship to create a child. You just you can mm-hmm. you can't be asexual and just make an egg. And I guess you could, but it's not fertilized. So you need both powers of the male and the female and let them play their roles. Uh, but it's, it's, I heard, I saw this wonderful picture of, of um, a woman, native woman standing there on the beach and her partner, male, mm-hmm. wrapped her in a blanket and she stood there and they held each other and watching the sunset. And it said, um, it said, uh, let's see, it said, uh, a woman, a man's job is to protect the woman and his children. Mm-hmm. The woman's job is to guide the man mm-hmm. in his life, and I think that's that equal dualship that needs yeah. to do. I think I've always I've always felt that way. Unfortunately, something went askew, where the man being you know generally physically bigger and stronger, generally speaking, right, would would be the hunter and protector, um, and somehow they went askew and they became the dominator. Um, yes, in, in a lot of cultures. Um, so we'll leave it there, and and I'll let you take us out of, okay. of the podcast. Thank you, thank you so much, Ruben. This is a symbol that we use in our beadwork, and it's what we've been talking about today. It's a it's a teepee, and the ap- apex there in the center is a teepee. So that which is below is above. That which is above is below it's very witchcraft wick wicked but it's the same belief of of lakota people um and the circle of starting in the center we keep our calendar on a winter count through the winters so we never say i'm 20 i'm 51 years old i i would say i'm 50 um not 51 years but 50 winters 51 winters old Mm-hmm. And if you start to think that way, you begin to it makes more sense. So this song is a is a song uh, for everybody, uh, and it's a Heyoka song. Another deity. It's the Heyoka is a sacred clown. There were sacred clowns in all of North American Native tribes, uh, and they played a role of alleviating the suffering of starvation or death or hardship by making fun of themselves. Mm-hmm. And they were touched by the Thunderbird. The Heoka became the physical manifestation of the deity in the West, which is the color black. 
and brings lightning and thunder in the weather. And so the song says, And the song is saying, Who is it that calls to me? Who is it that calls to me? Friend, it's the West. Friend, they're calling you. They're calling you. Who is it that calls you? It's the West. We're all related. That's a prayer. <laughs> it's the thunders that call you. It's the thunders that call you. Whoever calls you, if we can all just rise to the occasion and listen quietly. And you have a great voice too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and before we go, I don't want us to uh, forget, you have a couple of events coming up too in the Hudson Valley area. Yes. Um, I will be in Greenwood Lake Library which is not too far from here, um, mm -hmm. eight miles away. And uh, Greenwood Lake Library at 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, there, just walk right in. And I'll be in Glen Rock, New Jersey at 11 a.m. Uh, to share in a, in a group there, too. Uh, so, yeah, there's just a few things. November's Native American month, so mm. it's busy. But All I right. love this, and I would love to... Uh, connect with you again uh, on many more subjects. Uh, yeah, absolutely. The door is open. We'll, we'll do it again at some point in the future. Um, yeah. And I'm sure we'll, 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 we'll grab a cup of coffee someday too. Yeah, I was going to say we should break yeah. bread or something and, yeah, and yeah. continue on. So yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, are you hitched? Uh, oh, yes. I am very much hitched and loved and in the love. And yes, uh, guidance is comes with tremendous wisdom and force from, from uh, the love of my life only. So, but I want to wrap it up here, Ruben. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thank you all for hanging out with us tonight. This is really a special uh, pop-up night. So thank you for jumping in and chat. I appreciate your comments. Uh, thank you, Marco, uh, Mark, uh, Angel, Maria. We had Benjamin as well in uh, YouTube chat. Thank you, uh, Jingus, of course. Uh, good Mystic Vibes. Oh, and also... Jingus, I'm, I'm going to give you credit. I dig what you mentioned last night in or last week in the YouTube comments. You called the people here mystics, and I'm down for that. Like, let's let's roll with that. So, uh, on that note, good night to all of you mystics. Peace and love, and live in the mystery.
Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.